Peter, and I'm here with my co-host Lee. Hello. And today, we're talking about the Great Fire of London. Ugh. Doesn't sound great. It is, I'll tell you what, it's a disaster. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it fits nicely into the theme of the show. I, I might have known. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we're going all the way back to London in 1665. Hmm. It's the time of King Charles II. That's right. So it was, um, and I'm going to sugarcoat a little bit here. Okay. Uh, London was a filthy, overcrowded <laughs> medieval town with narrow streets, <laughs> densely packed with overhanging houses. Great. Made entirely out of wood. <laughs> so you know how last time I, we had that visual aid when we were talking about New York and we had like the Empire State Building built out of Lego and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought a visual aid today. Okay. Now we've got here a... Yeah, it's a it's a uh, filthy box of matches. Filthy box of matches. Yeah, that's that's basically the, the pipe on it. Yeah, those are actually safety matches, which would have helped maybe. Um, this is just <laughs> just picture a filthy box of matches, and okay. you've got London in 1665. Okay, set so, the scene. Yeah, so basically, so there are building codes that were established in the 12th century. Okay, uh, and they specified that party walls between houses. So these are wall like when you build a house and you have like a semi-detached, or even when you have houses that are closely built together. Yeah, the houses, the line, or the the walls between houses are called party walls. Sure. So in these 12th century building codes, they said that those need to be built out of stone or brick. Right. Which didn't happen. Mm. So I'm not sure like what kind of bureaucracy Sounds we're looking like a at. a good idea. Well, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, it's funny. It was kind of funny to me. 12th century. So like 1100, the 1100s. Right. It's funny that like we think about building codes now in Ottawa, in modern <laughs> Ottawa. Like, yeah, of course you have building codes. Of course. But this is like, you know... 800 years, 900 years ago, also had building codes. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just slapping up boards and... No, exactly. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. There so some that checks I, and balances in place. Exactly. So I, I find that kind of funny. But uh, yeah, so they had these building codes. Um, but I figure this is still a time when, you know, there's a lot of, like, this is more or less medieval times. Maybe not, I'm, I'm probably using the wrong term there and someone would call me on it. But I think you're more concerned with raising your seven kids than you are with what's dividing your house from your neighbor. Yeah. Right? Seven kids and hopefully three of them live. Yeah. You know. Exactly. We're still in this era. <laughs> We're still in this in era of Filthy, just... disgusting London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. your house of seven kids. Yeah. Um, so King Charles II, he's going to come up a few times, mm -hmm. but uh, King Charles II, uh, he, he's like taking a look at the situation and he's like, hey, hey, you guys didn't ignore those building codes and just build an entire city out of wood, right? <laughs> and uh, he, like people were like, uh, nah, governor. Yeah. <laughs> who, would, who, would do, who would do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, of course got, we built the house out of wood and then lugged stone every <laughs> single time to make the party walls. Of course yeah. we did that. Yeah, obviously. Hard work and we love it. No, exactly. We and, love it. Yeah, yeah. And after that, I went home and I raised my seven kids. So. <laughs> yeah. so it actually got to a point where the king wrote a letter to the mayor of London complaining about the fire hazards. Okay. Uh, and the city governors were they basically like they responded, but they were basically like, yeah, we'll, we'll get on that. We're <laughs> wow. on it. The, yeah. the bureaucracy is already yeah, basically. well in place. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's, uh, so that was London 1665. We're going to jump ahead a little bit okay. to, uh, Sunday, September 2nd, 1666. Oh, okay. And I just want to, I just want to take a moment to pause and acknowledge that we're talking about a year that's got 666 oh, in it. Oh dear. Which is and deals with fire. Pretty metal. It's pretty metal. <laughs> There's some stuff that happens later on that, like, 
yeah, 666. <laughs> Not to, anyway. So the, <laughs> I love this part too. The disaster started in one of the meanest, nastiest, narrowest streets of London, mm. Pudding Lane. Oh, <laughs> I know, <that> right? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I read that. And I was like, Aw. should we do this whole thing in Cockney accent? No, we shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> mine is all, mine would be awful. Real terrible. I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my, my brother-in-law's English and I feel like he'd beat me up. Oh. He's also very fit. Okay. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not do that. Let's not. Uh, sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so Pudding Lane led down... Uh, to the Thames near London Bridge, and that'll be important later. Right. But it's basically, if you look at a map, you've got Is like it the, the Thames? Thames. I hate to correct people. Is it Thames? Isn't it's it? It's probably going to be Thames. It's the Thames. <sighs> That's probably right. I've seen an episode or two of Doctor Who in my time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, so it leads down to the Thames. Mm, Thank you. Lovely. Um, and so if you look at a map, you've got the Thames that kind of cuts through London, and we're about like two, three blocks away from where that is. Okay. Like right near where the London Bridge is, Pudding Lane's right up here. Pudding Lane. Pudding Lane, the meanest, nastiest place in London. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> um, so among all the houses that were like tightly packed okay. was uh, a, essentially a pile of kindling um, that was the baker's house. And this oh. was the King's Baker. Okay. Uh, his name was Thomas Fainer. Mm. So... Um, he later testified that he extinguished the fire in his oven. So obviously he had an oven in his house because this is where he does all his baking. Sure. So he testified that he extinguished the fire at around 10 o'clock on September 1st. Okay. And that there's no way an ember could have ignited a pile of kindling nearby. Impossible. No, of course not. Unthinkable. Like how, how could, yeah, come on, you think, you, think that, you think that this thing that's designed to burn is going to light this pile of things designed to start the thing that burns on fire? Come on. Come on. Nah, couldn't have been me. <laughs> anyway, um, which I, I guess his, I guess His word is as good as anything. So exactly. We'll just and take him at that. I also, <laughs> while we're on the topic of culpability, I also <laughs> found it funny that it is like the king's baker. and just have this image of the king's butcher and the king, king's candlestick maker standing there being like, going at us. <laughs> Cocking his head to the right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just going. <laughs> um, so Fainer's assistant uh, woke up at 2 a.m. on Sunday to find the house full of smoke and the bakery engulfed in flames. Okay. Not a good start. Uh, everything that, made of wood. Take care of that fire. Yeah, yeah. So, good thing about those stone walls. Yeah. Or else... If it wasn't for those stone walls, whew, this would have... In trouble. ...gotten out of hand fast. Okay. So, uh, so basically, like, the, um, the, the bakery gets engulfed <clears> in flames, <throat> and the house is starting to go up. So most of the people actually make it out of the building by climbing out of the windows in the upstairs living quarters and jumping onto a neighbor's roof. Mm. So like when you're picturing tightly packed, like think of like, you're really like stacked in the same way that the Athenians were ass to ankles That's in Athens. That's what I thought of when you mentioned that. Yeah. First so episode. Basically, if you picture like if these houses were people, they'd be like shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> like this. <laughs> like in their little hutches. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So they climb up to uh, to like an upper story and they climb onto the neighbor's roof. Most of the people made it, made it out. Okay. Except for the maid who was paralyzed by fear and she stayed behind and died in the flames. Oh dear. Which... It's kind of interesting. I feel like we're already doing like a million callbacks, but this kind of like ties into what we were talking about last time about the bomber blitz in New York, where like sometimes you get into the situation that it's so foreign and so unexpected. Yeah. It's just like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Like, and it's easy to sit and go, why? 
Just yeah. run. It's your life. If you're surrounded by there. fire and the heat and the smoke, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just overwhelming. Exactly. And the other thing that it got me thinking about was the uh, like how your mind can sometimes be like not tricked, but like you get into a situation where I could totally see being like uh, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of spiders. I'm not like terrified of them. Right. But I can I can do without spiders. Uh-huh. But you know, like you get into a situation where I I could. I can get into a mind frame where I'm standing in a window of a burning house and there's like a tarantula there and being like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ooh. So if like this maid is afraid of heights, say. Which is, that would be my which, thing. Which is, yeah, exactly. So like I could see that kind of like mental switch going off, which is like, I'm really afraid of heights. Right. And maybe, so, maybe not everyone's fit like yeah. is going to, jump across a building and do a tuck and roll. No, exactly. Like, no, 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 exactly, most of exactly. Us like, I'm not making that jump. Yeah. I'll burn to death. Which it's exactly, which is it's I kind of kind of find funny. I think the expression is like throwing the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> in terms of like your mind is just like I'm afraid of heights, so I guess right. I'll just stay here and die. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those it's interesting of things two. that I thought of. About. One of two yeah. death options. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was kind of that was interesting, I thought. Mm. Um so basically, it starts off as a slow burn. Right. The bakery burns for a long time. Like, it's kind of like starts off smoldering. I guess maybe this is how all fires start, but like it smolders, gets a little bit bigger over time. Uh, Long and slow. Took about an hour before the flames spread to the neighboring building. Okay. Um, No stone party walls. So they didn't do the stone party walls. They did not. (laughs) Did not listen to King Charles II. No, they were lying. So... And eventually, so now, like, the flames are starting to touch the neighboring houses, and eventually a gust of wind blows sparks from the fire onto a nearby inn and ignites it. So now I've got three buildings on fire. Okay. Um, But, like, it sounds kind of concerning, but it's still pretty much standard fare in filthy, disgusting Nightmare London. Sure. (laughs) Like, fires happen because... I don't know, like, we don't have... Just people and... Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure what state their plumbing is in necessarily, and, like, you know, you don't necessarily... You, um, you certainly don't have fire hydrants on every corner, right? No. So things are... thing. If, if you get... If a fire starts in your kitchen, then you're probably going to be rebuilding your house, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not throwing baking soda on it. No. I guess. No. I haven't figured that one out yet. No. So how are they... I get you're probably going to get into this. How they fight the fire? How are they set to fight the fire? Well, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. And this time we will get there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed the last two times I said we'll get there and we never get there. Aww. This time we're getting there. Um so the mayor, Sir Thomas Bloodworth, he oh. was dragged out of bed at 3 a.m. Good name. To see what yeah. <laughs> well, there's a few good names. <laughs> so, he was dragged out of bed at 3 a.m. to see what was going on. Okay. And he basically again because this is like standard fare for, you know, Kindling London yeah. takes a look, shrugs, and goes back to bed. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's basically like, uh, just uh, it's all, it, just put it out. Yeah, can you, can you just put it out? Can you get whoever it is and tell them? Yeah, whatever, whatever we do in this situation, just do that. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically him. All right. Um, so now we get introduced to a guy named Samuel Pepys. Okay. He's a diarist, and he'll come. He'll actually come back in a future episode too. There's a cool connection here. Okay. He's kind of our. Um, oh, and I was corrected on this. You know how I was kept calling him Thucydides? Oh yes. Thucydides. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh well. So sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully you can still find his book. Historians were screaming at their devices when you kept saying that. How could you not <laughs> pronounce that way? <laughs> Immediately lost everyone. Anyway, Damn it. Th- Thucydides. Not talking about him right now, though. Samuel Pepys. So he's a diarist. 
I, they just said diarist. I guess this was a, a thing. historian. Maybe is like a historian. Okay. They called him a diarist, but I would say historian. He also does a bunch of stuff, so he's kind of a badass okay. too. Okay. But just he's the a main sayer, reason, but a doer. Exactly. So he's like a main. Yeah. If you if you subscribe to the theory of not getting involved with your subject matter, he did not do that. He got <laughs> he got involved hard. I can't. <laughs> I got to stay out of this. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm keeping track of everything. <laughs> I can't influence the events. So he was shaken away, shaken awake by his maid telling him that there was a fire. Um, and he kind of did the same thing. Like he looked out the window, saw smoke, concluded that it was far enough away and went back to sleep. He like looked out the window and was like, oh yeah, there's a fire. I mean, to <laughs> be fair, that's what I do. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. There's a fire. Someone will take care of it. Yeah. I'm a diarist. Yeah. That, and that <laughs> I'll come... write about it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the full story. Yeah. But that comes up again too, is the, the power of inertia. Mm. Like... Uh, you'll see like as things get get worse and worse like and we'll talk about it some more but yeah exactly like you see it and you're like not my problem right now right going back to sleep right um so yeah so the so the attitude of uh, Peppis and Bloodworth uh the mayor they weren't again like I said they weren't completely unfounded fires weren't really that rare in sure. uh, in 1660s London old hat um but what they didn't know, either of them, was the location of the fire. So Pudding Lane was near Thames Street. Uh, I said it again. Pudding Lane was near Thames Street, uh, which was about a block north. Okay. Uh, like the, the street was. Uh, sorry, Pudding Lane is about a block north from Thames Street. Okay. And Thames Street was like riddled with buildings filled with highly flammable goods. Oh, great. And the book didn't specify what these highly flammable goods are, but I would picture like kindling stores. Sure. Essentially, okay. Like maybe I don't know bookstores, anything that's gonna burn. Yeah, here's like, some yeah. crap to start your cook fire. Exactly, and yeah. so this is happening like a block away. So mm. people should be more worried, but they're not. Um, oh dear. And yeah, so and like I said, we'll we'll talk about Peppis more, but he's kind of the source of most of what we know about the fire. Okay. So now, London's lighting up. So the higher the fire hits Thames Street, and it spreads like. Uh, like, like a hmm. plague. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like there's a catchier, more well-known uh, saying to the get across what you're trying. Yeah, to, uh, we'll come the back. To yeah, that. the fire spreads rapidly. Yeah, we'll look that's it good. Up. That's good. That's good. Yeah, okay. So the local firefighters tried to put it out with the best tools they had, and here's answering your question: <laughs> uh, leather buckets and handheld pumps. Uh. Well, that is the extent of their tools. Leather buckets. Yeah. So Dipping ima- into the Thames? Uh, I guess, yeah. And sort of doing a hand bombing situation? Or? Kind of. Like, imagine... <laughs> like, I can't... I'm sorry. That's yeah. just so sad. I know. I can't, like, imagine... I, I can't imagine, like... I've had trouble putting out a campfire with a bucket of water <laughs> that wasn't made out of leather. <laughs> I can't imagine these leather buckets were particularly watertight either. Yeah, but you look fancy while you're doing it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Maybe these are Gucci buckets. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they did what they could, um, but they did about as much good as leather buckets and handheld pumps would And do. handheld pumps with, a, with a, a bit of a hose, a length of hose, I'm assuming. I, I, I'm assuming, okay. but like not fire trucks. No, this is not a not even uh, a tank full of water on, or on wheels. No, I'm no, we got nothing. Picturing okay. So by eight a.m., about six hours after the fire started in the King's Baker's Building, uh, the Church of Saint Magnus was ablaze. Oh boy! And this is about two blocks south from where the fire started. <clears throat> okay. So now, like Thames was about a block. Now we're about two blocks away. Okay. And now the fire is like right at the London Bridge. Okay. Um. So Pepys wakes up, wakes up again. 
Uh, he's like, hey, what's new with the fire? Um, Take care of that fire yet? Yeah, how's, is it out yet? And his maid's like, over oh, 300 houses have burned down. 300? <laughs> yeah, 300. Say. 300. Mm. That's, uh, That's a situation. Yeah, and then also all of Fish Street is on fire, which is about a block east of the bakery. Fish? Fish. Fish Street. Fish Street. Just off Pudding Lane. Yep. You know. At least you know what you're getting on these it, streets. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why mince words? <laughs> um, so now, yeah. So now we're, we're the fire's spread two blocks south and about a block east. Okay. So, so picture a block in your mind. And even though blocks are tighter in London, like it, it's getting... I mean, a city block. Yeah. Tight or, or spread out, it's considerable. Exactly. All right. So, Pepys rushes to the Tower of London to have a look. Uh, which is to the west of where this is all happening. So he just wants a higher vantage point. Okay. And he sees roughly four blocks of 17th century London on fire. <laughs> oh my God. And the flames approaching London Bridge. Okay. And his immediate concern was for the double row of houses built on that bridge. All of those houses on the bridge. Right? Which triggers our first sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly my thought. It was good that I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But just let that go by. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I set that up because I was reading it. And it, like, it, the book doesn't go further beyond saying his concern was for the two rows of houses. But I'm like, I've seen London Bridge. There's no houses on London Bridge. I've never even seen London Bridge. I just was picturing a bridge. And, right. You know, what I would normally picture... A bridge being houseless. Right. Yeah. Well, your, your typical houseless <laughs> bridge. Houses and domiciles and such. So I bet along those same lines, I bet you thought that there's only one London bridge. Turns out there have been three. So there was modern London bridge. I know which there's was, a song about it. Right. It involves the London bridge falling down. Falling down yeah. So. Well, that probably happened as a result of one of these three bridges. Because uh, the modern bridge was opened in 1973. Okay. The new, quote unquote, London <clears> bridge was open between 1831 and 1967. And then the old London Bridge we're talking about right now was built in 1209. Okay. So there's been three versions of the same bridge. Basically. Okay. Um, so old London Bridge, construction began in 1176 and it right. finished in 1209. Okay. Um, I'm just going to give you a little, another little callback. Uh, just as a reminder, the Empire State Building, 102 floors, yeah. built in 13 months, 4.5 floors a week, which is about 29 meters per month. I just right. did, I did the math for you. Yeah, yeah thanks. Because Old London Bridge was 270 meters, uh, built in 33 years, <laughs> which is about eight meters per year or 0.7 meters a month. Let's see, it's... They should have just waited <laughs> 800 years and got the same crew to build exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Have some foresight for yeah. crying out loud. I just... There's a nice little parallel there, I thought. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> so King Henry II commissioned the original London Bridge following the murder of his once friend and f once friend once foe Thomas Beckett. Oh. And when I read that because that was another like offhanded <laughs> in the uh, this is this is a sidebar so it was my own research sure. but I was reading it and it said uh, the murder of his once like when do murders trigger the building of bridges? Yeah. So Thomas Beckett was the Archbishop of, Can of Canterbury murdered in 1170. This yeah. is almost like a sidebar in a sidebar. Yeah, but, yeah, we're going anyway. deep. This is this is okay. <laughs> so what happened was yes. Beckett excommunicated three church officials for circumventing his coronation authority. So he had sole authority of coronating someone. Uh -huh. I'm assuming this is like low, not like a king necessarily, but like lower lords and stuff. Right. So other priests were doing it 
And he was like, that's my job. Yeah, so he yeah. started excommunicating them. And then he went excommunication crazy. Like he just started excommunicating anyone who was opposed to him in the church. Oh, they're touchy about that stuff. Basically, yeah. yeah. So King Henry II heard about what Beckett was doing and apparently said something that was misinterpreted by those that heard it as a desire to have him killed. <laughs> so apparently he said, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? That's what he said. <laughs> so... Yeah. You heard him? <laughs> well, so there were four nights that go full Cousin Eddie on him. You see, Have you seen Christmas Vacation? You remember like uh, when like Chevy Chase is like oh, yes. bitching about his boss oh, and then yeah, his yeah. Cousin Eddie. <laughs> good one, good one. Yeah, I got yeah, it. I so, got you. I got you. So in this situation, didn't exactly bring back Bill Murray's brother with a bow on. Uh, they, they went a different way. <laughs> okay. So they went to confront Beckett at his monastery. Hmm. And upon seeing the knights, Beckett says, I'm no traitor and I'm ready to die. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess he knows what's happening. Yeah, that's the way to go. So <laughs> they try to pull him outside, but he clings to a pillar. And he's like, not going anywhere. <laughs> not as ready to go as he said. So, and this is where it takes a turn. Um, they start hacking at him, like aiming for the head. All right. So they hit him twice until the third one... Mm. Lops off the top of his head, and I've got a quote here, in such a way that the blood white with the brain and the brain no less red from the blood dyed the floor of the cathedral. So I'm just going to translate that into modern English. They cut his head open and spilled his brains on the floor. Neat. So come back to King Henry II, and King Henry's like, have you guys ever heard of a figure of speech? Like, what the? F <laughs> like, we don't have that yet. <laughs> <laughs> We we didn't we didn't that comes later. That's like Shakespeare's not for yeah, a few exactly. years. Exactly, Bill Shakespeare will uh, make that a lot more clear. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he gets a chapel in the center of the bridge. Um, so they build a chapel to Beckett uh, as a martyr in the center of the bridge, and Beckett gets canonized in 1173 as Saint Thomas of Canterbury. Oh. so it worked out for him, you know. Yeah, in the long run. Uh, yeah, I feel like aside from a partial decapitation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the over-eager knights did not uh, yeah. do him any favors. I, I'm, I still love that. So, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, careful what you say around eager yeah. 13th century Eager knights. to please, yeah. eager to honor the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez, I could really do without this priest. Say no more. Guys, I read guys, I, I, feel, read I feel like wink, I should wink, say wink. some more here <laughs> as they're, like, leaving. <laughs> no, 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 we got this, we got this. No, no we, got, we got you. <laughs> so, anyway, London Bridge, it, it was exorbitantly expensive to build. Um, and that's why it was partially financed after the fact by selling plots of land on the bridge where people could build houses. Okay. Um, but then eventually the bridge became a bigger and bigger money sink over time. And then it was, it was replaced in, uh, 1831 with Le the new London bridge. The new London bridge. But yeah, that's, that's the story of the old London bridge and why there are buildings on it and why there's a chapel to <laughs> Thomas Beckett slash. Aha. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, slash. But not intended. I, yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, so, good sidebar. Thank you. Yeah, that's the first one. Um, so London Bridge is burning down at this point. Uh, Pepys, well, not quite, but it's getting there. So right. Pepys's main concern, if you remember, Pepys, our diarist, diarist, his main concern is for all the people living on the bridge, and many of the houses, uh, and many of the houses were actually destroyed. So like the fires get into the bridge and starting to burn these houses. Okay. We're assuming that it's spreading at a 
slow enough, right, that these people are evacuating their houses? Yeah, like it's not, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not like a, like a... Unless they're like sleeping, which it yeah. could, I mean, it was the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is actually, I forgot to mention, mention this at the top, but we're going to get to a uh, shocking death toll. Okay. Um, and yeah, we'll get to that we'll get at the there. end. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like it's not, uh, a fire like this doesn't, it's not like a, not like a, a tsunami. It's not yeah, a tsunami. Right. It's sort of foreshadowing. It's not oh a tsunami. <laughs> um, not for this. Not, I don't no. want to get you distracted about this, but. We'll, we'll, in the future. I'm sure we'll some cover tsunamis. something but, tsunami-esque. Uh, it, it is relatively, so like we said, uh, <clears throat> I think fire started at 2 a.m. And then like the, f- there was the, like those 300 houses that burnt down were like by 8 a.m. So it's not slow, but it's not like between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. All of London burned down. Right, 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 right. Yeah. right. So, you know, slower than a tidal wave, faster than a snail. <laughs> <laughs> not a disaster, but anyway. Murderous snail. Yeah. So there was a bigger concern, though. So like these, these, the bridge seems to be catching on fire, but... The fire, what the fire has also destroyed are giant wooden water wheels attached to the bridge that supplied much of the city with water. Giant, oh, okay. Like big water wheels that were on the bridge that would basically pump. So I guess there was a rudimentary water supply in the city. Okay. So it's kind of like if you wanted to, if if this was like an attack with fire, you would want to target these water wheels first. Right. So that now you don't have water. Yeah. Um, so the fire starts and it immediately cuts off water from, like, it cuts off the city from the one thing that could help it immediately. Um, so Pepys, a man of action, jumps Mm. in his boat and rows up the Thames, uh, to get a closer look. Okay. So he's like picturing him writing himself into his thing. (laughs) And the brave diarist without a moment's thought. (laughs) Yeah, right. He doesn't tell you about like his assistant who's like, shouldn't you go check that out? (laughs) In the morning. You go check it out. Yeah, yeah. You. (laughs) So all along the Thames, and this is actually a quote from him, everyone was endeavoring to remove their goods and fling them into the river or bring them onto barges to like push away from the shore. Okay. So they're just trying to save their stuff, basically. Right. And this is this comes back to what we were saying about that, like, paralysis and your, like, mind doing this, like, mental arithmetic, like, can I make it? Because right. he says people were basically waiting until the very last second to abandon their homes. Of course. Like, like yeah. it's, oh, there's this giant fire. Everything around me is on fire. Yeah. But maybe I'll be okay. Maybe they'll fix it. Yeah. Before my house gets yeah. burned down. Exactly. So we'll wait. So anyway, so it's like that whole thing that we've been talking about. Since last time, like the deny, exactly. I think I probably would too. Exactly. Well, I don't know. My wife is pretty reasonable. She might, <laughs> she might drag us out of the house. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be uh, in a different province before it got yeah. to. Yeah. Did we just unlock a key of evolution? I think we might have. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Survival <laughs> of the fittest, significant other. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that, that's just speaking to like the, the theme of like denial and how humans process disaster. It yeah. comes up over and over in this disaster and other ones that we've, that we've seen and in future ones. Like you just, you don't not realize happening. it's a disaster until history tells you it was a disaster. That's a great and way of putting in it. In the moment, yeah. just some shit that's happening and yeah. That, that is, that's an amazing way of putting it. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's, that's the thing. It's, you got to take a huge giant step back yeah. and see all this stuff. That's what I was saying. I think in the first episode, it's fascinating to me Yeah, we're, to think of people in these situations. What are, how are they processing it? And it's, we're, we're getting right into that, which is good. It's like, yep. you're processing at it as 
you know, yeah, I'll wait till the last possible second and then I'll leave my house because yeah. this is eh, exactly not a big deal. Exactly, I'm sure they'll fix it. So Pepys keeps rowing all the way uh, to the royal palace at Whitehall. It's about five kilometers, by the way. He rows he rows five kilometers He's a uh, to alert the king. All right. You remember the king who's like, hey, you guys stuck to those building codes, right? <laughs> king is like, mother. <laughs> they told me. <laughs> I'm the king. <laughs> uh, so he authorizes Pepys to order the mayor to spare no houses. So basically he tells Pepys to go back, tell the mayor to like tear down houses to stop this fire. Because like if you get rid of, you know what I mean? Like if you get rid of the thing that the fire is burning, right. then you'll presumably stop it or at least slow it down. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he's like, Get, go tell the mayor to do that. Which, okay. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so. So many questions. Right. <laughs> I know you have the answers, so I'll just <laughs> <laughs> let you talk. We'll get, yeah, I, I, was, I, did, I made a conscious effort to actually get there on all the places that I would say that I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. so. You just have get there written, like, intermittently <laughs> yeah. down your screen. Every time I write, like, a little teaser, I write, yeah, get there in parentheses. Right. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, so. The roofs are on fire at this point. So Pepys delivers the king's order to the mayor, but the mayor's already been ordering houses to be torn down to make okay. a fire break. Right. And fire break, it, it's, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're trying to break the fire. So yeah, like, yeah. if there's a Choke. bunch of stuff that's burning, you just like Remove clear a path. the fuel. Exactly. Yeah. Like fire, you know, unless there's a lot of wind, like there is. Right. Coming off the water. Yeah. <clears throat> also, landlords were reluctant to allow their buildings to be torn down until it was <laughs> certain they couldn't be saved. <laughs> Right? On top of everything. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but by then, obviously, it's way too late to stop the fire. But, like, I... That's human nature, too, right? Of course. Like, you're a landlord. This is, like, your income property. You're like, I hope this is how my kid goes to college. mine. Exactly. Don't touch it. Yeah. But if we don't tear it down, then all of London's going to burn down. Don't care. Not my problem. (laughs) Well, I mean, it kind of is. All of London is not mine. That's mine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Don't touch it. Yeah, yeah. Human nature, man. Mm Mm-hmm. So by the end of September 2nd, the streets are filled with people, horses, and cars, uh, carts laden with goods. They're running each other over, um, basically moving goods from one burned house to another one that hasn't been burnt yet. <laughs> you're basically Soon like, be burnt. Yeah, you're like uh, whack a mole your stuff <laughs> wherever you can. Nice. Or I guess the fire's whack a mole stuff. Yeah. Um, so the Thames was full of barges packed with goods uh, and also belongings just floating in the river. Nice. And people are just trying to save their shit again. <laughs> Um, so I've got Pepys here. That afternoon, all over the Thames, with one's face in the wind, you were almost burned with a shower of fire drops. And by nightfall, we saw the fire as only one entire arch of fire from this to the other side of the bridge and in a bow up the hill for an arch of above a mile long. It made me weep to see. So basically oh. just like this dome of fire. Essentially. Yeah. And what, like you're, so you're rowing down the river and you're getting like hit in the face with like fire like you know if you stood close to a campfire yeah that's just a, like psh. yeah constantly good so stuff yeah and here's another thing that we talked about with <clears> denial <throat> so at this point the rich start feeling the heat like this is all pretty <laughs> this is still a pretty crappy area of, right like putting lane and such yeah so by monday oh, so they're if you're, feeling the heat yeah so the fire started on like a saturday night technically sunday is what we've been talking about so now by monday one sixteenth of the city was ablaze okay um, which doesn't seem like a lot, but we'll see how that goes. 
So the wind at this point turns the fire and it begins advancing to the wealthier residential neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And now London's real concerned, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we can't like, have that. Up until this point, it's like, oh, the commoners are burning. Yeah. But now we start like burning whatever the equivalent of a mansion is in London. And people are like, whoa, 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 hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Hey. hey. Yeah. <laughs> so the London Gazette ceased publishing after its Monday edition. Okay. Because fire, I guess. <laughs> here's and, the news, fire. And here's a nice little uh, interesting analogy or like touching point with uh, what we're talking about with Athens. Cons conspiracy theories start immediately about foreign arsonists. Well, there's another bit of human nature there for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like this, this has got to be someone's fault exactly. and it's got to be our enemies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So King Not Charles II. Stupid, II's stupid, dumb baker. No, exactly. Couldn't have, couldn't have been a guy who didn't who maybe wasn't super careful putting out his oven. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. it had to be, had to be foreign arsonists. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Foreigners. Oh, he's foreign. I thought you said four. No, foreign. Foreign arsonists. No, no. Sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> exactly. So uh, King Charles boy. II fires the mayor and he puts the Duke of York in charge, <laughs> which makes <laughs> things a little bit better. Right. Um, we'll figure so, it out. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a Duke. He knows what's up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he sets up seven firefighting posts around the perimeter of the fire. So, which kind of, again, makes sense. Like if the fire is like, you've got the fire around centered on putting lane. Yeah. He just sets up like a perimeter. Sure. And they basically, each of these posts has 30 foot soldiers and a hundred civilians. Okay. Uh, and like, these are just like helping to fight the fire, transport water or whatever. Mm. And thankfully this worked. Okay. No. <laughs> By midnight, the fire Wait. covered four times the area it covered only 24 hours earlier. Oh, Duke. And it got worse on Tuesday. <laughs> so. Another firing. Well, <laughs> we'll see. In the future. So Tuesday is even worse. Okay. Worse. Worse. So more of London burned on Tuesday than the previous two days combined. So what he did... It didn't make it worse. Ineffectual. Ineffectual. Oh, okay. Like he didn't, <laughs> he didn't throw gasoline like, on it. Try the gas. <laughs> <laughs> no. Try the kerosene. Yeah. Ah, for <laughs> Is this the time to experiment? <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, he didn't like he did he it he it helped, but at this point, like it wasn't too little too late. Not basically. Good enough. Like the combination of people not wanting to leave their houses, not tearing them down fast enough. Yeah. So Tuesday's worse. Um, so casualties, I've just got a list of things. If, if you happen to know them or you knew them, here mm -hmm. they are. Uh, Ludgate Hall burns down. The old Bailey burns down. Uh, Fleet Street, I guess Fleet all Street. of it. That. <laughs> uh, and the Guild Hall. Mm. Guild Hall is interesting because that's where the city's records were kept, uh, in a crypt with massive stone walls. And what's actually interesting of that is that the records survived the fire. Oh, wow. And this same crypt, the holding these records, would survive German bombing in the 1940s. Mm. So whoever built that crypt deserves a raise. High marks. Yeah. yeah. And with some interest over these last 900 uh -huh. years. <laughs> uh -huh. So now at some point, I, it doesn't really say who said, uh, who came up with this idea, but they're like, uh, what if we blow it up? The fire. What if we blow it up? So what they, what they, they start proposing that they start blowing up houses to call, to create fire breaks. Cause like tearing them down is not fast enough. So that what was if we one blow of my questions. Up? Yeah. How fast can you tear Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I think of like, like demolition, I've, it's like <laughs> weeks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, here, I've got the door frame out. <laughs> mm -hmm. That took me an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. No, exactly. So now they're like, what if we just blow them up? <laughs> so <laughs> actually, but interestingly, they, they, so they started doing that and that's pretty much what saved the Tower of London. 
Okay. Is that they, like, they blew up a bunch of houses, created a fire break, <clears throat> and stopped the fire from getting to the Tower of London. Fight fire with fire. Right? Yeah. So maybe if he had started throwing gasoline onto it, <laughs> it might... No? He was onto something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. But at 8 p.m. on Tuesday, Old St. Paul's Cathedral catches on fire. Eh, shoot. So maybe this sounds familiar to you, but this church is unburnable. Nobody's ever said that in history. This thing is unsinkable. Right. This could never happen because it's built out of stone with like a lead roof and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. could possibly happen? Um, wow. But there was recently a wooden patch installed on the roof. Okay. And that's how they get you. Oh, jeez. That little bit of wood. So they ca- it catches fire and it spread to the beams and basically gutted the church. Ugh. Um, which... Unfortunately, we recently saw with Notre Dame. Well, yeah. It's essentially, it's not the same because they were doing renos there, but like same kind of thing. It caught on fire and then just like gutted the church. Gutted the church. All that's left is the non-wood yeah, basically elements. Yeah. Facade. Um, so the flames, stoked by the strong wind, heated the stones to the point where they exploded like grenades. Oh my God. Yeah. And the lead roof melted and dripped into the church like fiery rain. Oh yeah, I told you it was 666. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, dear. Like, that is, that's <clears throat> a disaster, but yeah. kind of metal. <laughs> kind of metal. You could picture Satan yeah. in that church cackling. Yeah. While molten lead drips yeah. around him. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and there was a little bit of, I'm not sure, <clears throat> this is a nice image, so I put it in, but apparently, according to Pepys, the flames were so bright, a schoolboy could read by their light over a mile away of this one church burning. <laughs> okay. Which is like, yeah, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, it's, it's a nice image. Just like you wrote, fu- you wrote I, five I get poems. what you're saying. They were bright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a bit bright. Yeah. So old St. Paul's took with it the Church of St. Faith, hmm. which you're talking about names like- St. Faith. That's a bit uh, lazy. Lazy. But, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Among the contents, though, of- um, Saint Faith. There are about so there's about twenty two hundred thousand pounds worth of rare valuables, mm. including the third folio of Shakespeare's plays. And I meant to look up what's in that folio, but suffice it to say, a lot of Shakespeare's writing that's a bummer went up in flames. Oh boy, yeah. Um, I mean, all this stuff's a bummer. Yeah, but uh, the human oh the humanity, but yeah, the the historical yeah. Well, what would turn out to be historical yeah. buildings and just being ruined that, that, that's like, oh, exactly. Right. Sad, like it's, man. they're exactly like, obviously sadder things happen throughout this fire and it kind of happened again with, with Notre Dame. Like, yeah, it doesn't compare to the light, the light, the loss of life, but yeah. just in a, in a, taking a step back, the historical repercussions, it's, it's a bummer. Oh, totally. Like yeah. Shakespeare's original. Yeah. Which manuscripts. I, yeah. You know yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Which, I mean, at the time I, I, I feel bad for not looking up when Shakespeare was alive, so I'm not sure how they old, old they would have been at this point, but I think I don't know. at the time they're fairly contemporary. I feel um, like he was around in the 1600s, but yeah. I, I could be way off. I'd be, yeah. I I'm not going to say it definitively because someone's we'll going to be like, yeah. actually. Yeah, someone so, is screaming at their device right now. Maybe it's the equivalent of like if there was a massive fire and we lost all of Hunter Thompson's original manuscripts right. kind of thing, where at the time it's like, oh. But maybe like 800 years from yeah, now, it would be like, be no, like, you know what I mean? Are you kidding? So, yeah. yeah. So uh, throughout all of this, though, what's kind of, what I thought was kind of interesting is that King Charles II was there, like helping fight the fires. Okay. Throwing buckets and whatever else. Hey. So I thought this might be a nice place <laughs> to do our second side, 
bar, or maybe third if you count the sidebar within a sidebar last time. Sidebars all around. Yeah, so I think this time you've got some stuff to talk, to talk about. Yes, about King so uh, I'm taking the lead on this sidebar. Peter gave me a little bit of homework. <laughs> and I said, hey, Peter, in a message, yeah. <laughs> which king am I supposed to? <laughs> and he said, King Charles I. Yeah. So I did, and then a half hour later, yeah. I was like, oh, sorry, it's the second. <laughs> but it's good in a way, because knowing about his dad... <clears throat> yep. Is a is a it gives good information about his, how he came into his crown. So just real quick, uh, King Charles the First was uh, uh, viewed as a tyrant. Uh, he he believed in the divine right of kings, okay. which essentially says that uh, kings are above the law. Okay, and whatever they do is 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 uh, as a result of what God tells you to do. Right, good thing that kind of thinking died out, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're <laughs> way beyond that. So um, uh, he was eventually executed for treason okay. uh, in 1649 at the, at the climax of the English Civil War. Okay. So now we come to King Charles II. Right. Uh, he was proclaimed king by the Commonwealth of Scotland immediately following his father's death. However, since uh, Charles I did such a abysmal job at kinging right uh england had decided they were done with the monarchy okay so uh turned out to be briefly but they entered <laughs> into a period known as the english commonwealth yeah. and uh, the country was led by oliver cromwell oh yeah and his lame ass puritans <laughs> so um cromwell defeated Charles II at the Battle of Worcester okay. in 1651 and essentially ended uh, Charles II's reign mm -hmm. as King of Scotland. Okay. Charles II spent the next nine years in exile in France, mm -hmm. uh, the Dutch Republic, and the Spanish Netherlands. So mm -hmm. you've got about a decade or so of uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, under the English, uh, what I call it, the Commonwealth, Commonwealth okay. under Oliver, Oliver Cromwell. Okay. Uh... Following his death in 1658, there was a political crisis, yeah. which resulted in the restoration of the monarchy. Okay, so it was really <laughs> short-lived. Didn't go so well. Okay. <laughs> At which point, Charles II was invited to return to Britain, where he was received with much acclaim, and on his 30th birthday, he was coronated with all legal documents dated as if he succeeded his father 10 years ago. <laughs> we'll just backdate like, it. So yeah. So sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me a little bit of... Uh, <clears throat> was it Pericles in Athens? They like kick him out and they're like, no, can you, we need you. Can you come back? <laughs> can you come back? <laughs> so I've got a bunch of points here about yeah. just the nature of his um, reign. I right. don't think it's too, a lot of it is religious in nature. They're, Fair enough. they're all very touchy about their subsets of um, Catholicism and right. Christianity. So yeah, yeah. it's sort of like the... Anglicans versus the Protestants and right, gotcha. stuff. Like I have one uh, one act here. It's called the Five Mile Act, which okay. pro prohibited expelled nonconforming clergymen yeah. from coming within five miles of a parish from which they had been banished. So real exciting stuff. Like All that. right, we, we get into it. But really cracking the whip on. Okay, wow. Yeah, but um, ultimately he was one of the most popular and beloved kings of England. He was known as the Merry Monarch. Okay. Which is a reference to the liveliness and hedonism of his court. 
Okay. Love to know. I don't know the details of that. Yeah, maybe look that means, up. Uh, <laughs> maybe it means rich meals <laughs> in calorie or maybe yeah. something a little more uh, Caligula-esque. Right, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Right. Uh, but also the, there was a general relief felt mm. okay. from the, re, the return of the monarchy after the decade of the stupid fart face uh, Puritans. <laughs> Uh, theaters were reopening. Right. Uh, there was uh, more uh, comedy okay, okay. coming into like uh, theatrical and whatever, you right. know, just in, yeah, in yeah, society yeah. and stuff. And, you know. That's interesting. I wonder if that's also like a phenomenon of being more comfortable with what you know. Because if it is, it was only about a decade, right? Yeah. So these are like the, the same even. generation of people. Exactly. Like they go through this commonwealth and you're like, this isn't better. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. This is boring. Yeah. Let's go back to what we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's go back to fun. <laughs> yeah. Which back then, I don't know what that would be. Sure. Rich when, meals and theaters. Yeah. And <laughs> if, yeah. if you're the best you could hope for was a nice bowl of smallpox for breakfast, <laughs> and maybe a theater reopening was <laughs> <laughs> make your millennium. Yeah. Anyway, there's Charles II. Okay, cool. So, and I guess he also cared for his city because like I said, he was like right there. You know how they set up those like brigades of people? Like he would tra- he would travel between these different outposts and help put the fire out okay so like he wasn't just sitting back no he was like actively he was, uh, involved. involved i mean he yeah he he was in in battles and stuff yeah, yeah. so yeah he wasn't a sideline guy awesome there you go that, that was super interesting thanks no thank you and sidebar <laughs> <laughs> so finally the fire f- starts to flame out okay um so the winds that have been stoking it the whole time. So this whole time, I think we mentioned it, but like there's winds the whole time that are like helping Wind is the a fire huge over. factor. Yeah. It's like pushing the fire along. Right. So they finally died down on Tuesday evening and the fire began to burn itself out on Wednesday. Hmm. When it was over, 80% of London was in ashes. Oh my. Mo- look at a map of London right now. It's probably <laughs> grown since this time, but yeah. like imagine if you want to, if you want to kind of see what that effect would be on modern scales, imagine 80% of that burnt right. essentially from the center yeah. like gone 90% of the houses were destroyed leaving between 100 and 200,000 people home- homeless uh countless obviously parishes official buildings guild halls basically the infrastructure was gutted right like this fire messed london up yeah that shocking death toll that i told you about okay you ready yes 6 oh 6 people not too bad 6 people you're kidding yeah I thought you were 100,000. Six people. Six? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess all of that joking we made about people like waiting to the last minute, like I didn't really. No, that's what I thought. They waited the last minute and they walked away. Basically. Stupid fire. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) Chicken ashes. They're like, yeah. Goddamn fire. Basically. So like six people. So one we know of, the maid who yeah, just the maid was like, and five I, others. I can't jump. I, ima- I imagine it was like similar like that. Maybe some people the like in their bed that the, never yeah, woke up. Exactly. Um, so to be fair, like likely following this, there's probably like starvation and disease because like you oh, basically yeah. just burnt a burnt a city to the ground. Right now, and, and let's not forget those fire like those water wheels burnt down. So now like you can't get water back in. Sanitation is You're starting from scratch. Basically, worse than um, scratch. So, and to add insult to injury, mm. um, and we'll talk about this in the future, a certain plague had just ravaged London in 1665. So this is 66, and then 65, we had a plague. Did this plague have a particular color that was 
Maybe it didn't. Maybe, it didn't. <laughs> maybe you should keep listening. Maybe we'll get into that. <laughs> maybe Pepe's was there day. too. Maybe Pepe was helping ah, out with that too. Pepe's. You never know. Okay. Okay. So at the time, um, England that was before the fire. Six, yeah, that was sixteen sixty-five. Okay. Fire was sixty-six. Oh, so so already a bit. Yeah. So on, London on, was like on, softened up, and right. the fire like really on gave the it downswing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jeez. So during this time, England was at war with France and Holland. So you had rampant rumors of the French or Dutch causing this fire. Mm. Uh, there was lots of savage assaults on foreigners, like in the wake of the fire, obviously. Um, yeah. There's one here, there's one crazed Frenchman. So he was a Frenchman. He confessed to the fire. And even though they proved that like, there was no way he could have, like he was probably out of the country or something. Yeah. They still dragged him away and hung him <laughs> just because people were <laughs> so people pissed need off. something. Yeah. Right. This is coming, man, there's so many connections. And I like, I love that these are all coming together, <laughs> but you think back to the plague of Athens and like people are dying of a plague Yeah. and they're like, you know what? Fuck you, Pericles. And he's like, what did, what did I do? I was off fighting the Spartans. in a boat. Right? Yeah. So it's the same kind of thing. It's yeah. just like, Need this was probably it. an accident, but I'm going to hang this French guy who I know didn't do it. Right. <laughs> anyway. Got to give so, the people what they want. Basically. So there's a nice little epilogue here. Okay. And this is something that I had to read twice. The city <laughs> smoldered until March of 1667. So uh-huh. like there were still warm embers like that a sounds year about later. right. Yeah. I mean, why like, Why not? I'm hoping we captured, like, we, I guess we, we focused a lot on, like, the personal level. Uh, I hope we captured, like, just how surrounded by fire London was, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, we picked a few small events, but, like, London was a fireball throughout this whole thing. Right. And so it's going to take a while for that to cool down. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, there's some silver linings. They rebuilt using brick and stone. Good thinking. King Charles II is like, God damn right. <laughs> he gets like, he gets one of the biggest I told you so's in history. Uh-huh. Right? Did you guys use brick and stone? Folded arms, foot tapping. <laughs> yeah. Why would we use brick and stone? That's yeah. dumb. That's that's a lot of work. A year later. King. Yeah. We'll Your grace. We use brick and stone. We use brick and stone. Fucking <laughs> fucking <laughs> <laughs> picture him so angry about this. It's yeah. a portrait of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, but actually, so it resulted in the founding of the fire company. Ah. So they offered fire insurance uh, and they maintained fire engines and a force of uniformed firefighters well, for anybody usually, that had this insurance. But eventually I, I imagine expanded to just be like the fire brigade. Yeah. Um, if you're on fire, yeah. give insurance. <laughs> well, no. Um, bye. Sorry. Yeah. Get that insurance. I'm going to use these metal buckets somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's um, usually what it takes. Uh, some sort of catastrophe. To, yeah. You know. Like we talked about last time, like I'm a, I imagine a lot of air, like flight regulations came out of a, you know, a, a horrible bomber horrible. hitting the Empire yeah, State yeah. Building. Like, oh, so we should get on this. Now it's like, yeah, actually build out of brick and stone <laughs> yeah. and maybe have people ready to fight this fire. Yeah. Yeah. That'll help. Yeah. You know. So the symbol of the fire company, and I thought this was a nice place to end the story portion, uh-huh. is a phoenix rising from the ashes. <sighs> Poetic. Yeah, so London comes out better for it, I guess. In the long run. In the long run. Yeah. Not so good during it. And like six deaths during the fire. That, that Not like, so bad. that was ridiculous. I had to like, I'm going to say, I'm going to admit that I went off book to double check that one. <laughs> six. I would too. Like, did you miss a couple this zeros? This book is a misprint. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so okay. that's, okay. that's the fire of London. 
And well. I cannot wait to hear what music it made you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when you mentioned it, uh, immediately my first thought was, <laughs> I said it earlier, fight fire with fire, my Metallica. <laughs> yeah. That's so easy. So forget it. That's okay. not it. So I was thinking I wanted something sad mm-hmm. and atmospheric. I'm thinking more of the aftermath okay. than the during. Gotcha. So I went with uh, an artist. Uh, she goes by the name Grouper. Uh, her real name is Liz Harris. Okay. I'm pretty sure she's from Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does sort of lo-fi ambient music, yeah. uh, typically guitar or piano driven. So the song I went with, it's called Dragging the Streets. Okay. And it's from an album called AIA Dream Loss. Okay. And um, it, uh, it starts off with sort of, it sounds like uh, like a field recording of just the outside. Yeah. I don't know, it's just like wind and... Mm-hmm. So immediately that kind of gives it a sense of like you're just standing in the middle of this, this you know, horrible, yeah. like everything's gone. <laughs> uh, and and it's a really like it's a, you can't, I, I don't know what this song's about. And like, I'm not a huge fan of lyrics. I mean, sure. I, I like what I like, but it's, yeah. it doesn't make a huge difference to me as long as they're not terrible. Right, gotcha. Um, but in this case and with most of our stuff, you, you can't hear what they are like there's everything is drenched in right. reverb and, and and delay yeah so it's more of a, a feeling and, and to me like this song just sounds like like everything like we've lost everything right. it's sad it's atmospheric it's slow mm-hmm. uh, mournful yeah. and it just said i just picture like just standing in the middle of just complete oblivion just like oh, we lost everything yeah so uh that's the awesome. song i went with nice over yeah. to you so I went, and I, you might have heard me talk about this guy before. Uh, it's an artist called Romantic, all caps. Uh, no. I've, I'm, I'm sure maybe I've sent him to you before, but I, I send you a lot of music. So. Okay. <laughs> Slip through the cracks, maybe. So I actually couldn't find that much information about the artist okay. himself. I do know it's a him, but himself. Okay. Um, so he's from Hudson, New York. It's about a two-hour drive from New York City, right. uh, two hours north. Okay. Uh, member, not sure what his name is, um, <laughs> but it's uh, hip hop, hip hop black metal. <laughs> okay. So uh, the song I picked was called Six Gray Mirrors" from uh, an album called Autumn Slash Nil wow. from 2015. Uh, and the reason I picked it, actually, funny, I think I visualized my song pick as taking place more during the fire. Okay. But uh, the one that I picked has this gothic sort of choir sample, which to me evoked the air a little bit right. but then he's got like these black metal vocals okay uh, and that I thought was kind of like it, it felt to me like the underlying feeling of sort of the dark relentlessness of the fire like the vocals are almost like gutting the serenity of the choir over okay. top of it you know right, what I mean right. like you have this like serene and it's got a awesome like hip hop beat as well okay so like you have this this beat this choir that's kind of evoking one feeling and then you have these black metal vocals underneath and I'm kind of the same as you uh, like I think lyrics, every now and then, like, I'll pick up a lyric that I like, but for the most part, yeah. it's, like, the vocal part of a song. Yeah. That's the most important part, not necessarily what the words are. Right. Um, Especially stuff like that, like, you're not meant to understand. No, exactly. Like, a, a band like Death Heaven, right? Doesn't yeah. matter what Sunbathers about. No. Right? <laughs> um, to me. Yeah, like, it, it. maybe, like, it adds to it. I did read these lyrics, and the lyrics themselves don't really 
necessarily add to like why I picked it, but right. I thought it was a really cool kind of image. Like I can totally listen to this song and picture like the fire gutting London essentially. Mm. So that was my pick. And you probably you probably heard both of those picks as we were talking about them. Yep. So next time. Next time, we're going to be getting wet in the Pacific Rim. I told you we'd be talking about tsunamis. Yeah. Yeah. So that's next time. So thanks for joining us. Um, If you like what you hear, I recommend that you check us out on iTunes and give us a little five-star review. That'll help us uh, spread the word and have more people listen. Uh, And looking forward to telling you about more disasters. You betcha. You betcha.